Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Spark. How's it going, Spark? I'm good. Watched 30 minutes of Halloween ends. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite the fun romantic comedy, as is. So, <laughs> probably just end it there. Don't want to know what happens next. I was going to say, I think I arguably watched 30 minutes too much of Halloween ends. Um, <laughs> we'll, talk about, we'll talk about that in a bit. I, I, the internet is not empty or devoid of any opinions on that movie, but we'll, we'll contribute to that in a bit. Uh, and then also with us, as always, is Katie. How's it going, Katie? Good. I got dragged to watch um, Jennifer's Body for the first time. Uh-oh. Nice. What do you and think? And I am traumatized. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, I haven't seen that movie in ages, but that, that is a good one for what I remember. I think I remember, too, it's very like LGBTQ-focused, too, right? It's an insane movie. Insane in the membrane. Well, it's that time of the year for spoopy movies, so. Uh, but no movie club this week because was, uh, I oh, I was supposed to choose a movie club and then I forgot and then Spark was like, "What was our movie club?" And I'm like, "I'm busy holding a baby. I am not <laughs> any capacity to watch a movie for a movie club." So skipping it this week. So, but yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, well, let's get into the news. There's not a whole lot of news this week. It's very light, although I guess arguably some of the stuff is pretty eventful. Uh, important information, if you will. Uh, Avengers, Secret Wars, Blade, Deadpool 3, and Fantastic Four all had release dates uh, significantly delayed. So, yeah, if you were excited for those movies, you got to wait a little bit longer. Um, trying to remember here all of them, because there's quite a few. Uh, Blade was originally set to come out November 3rd, 2023. It's now coming out almost a year later, September 6th, 2024. Uh, Deadpool 3 was going to come out September 6th, 2023. is now a full year later than some November 8th, 2024. Uh, Fantastic Four, uh, moving, I think just, uh, it's just by like a few months. It was uh, November 8th, 2024. It's now February 14th, 2025. And then, uh, Avengers Secret Wars. Is uh, was it going to be November 7th, 2025, and then moved to May 1st, 2026? I think Secret Wars was the one that I was like, Yeah, that one's moving because there's no way a big tenfold movie like that is going to open up in November. Uh, I know movies tend to do well in November in some cases, but I'm like, Yeah, an Avengers movie is going to do well, do better, arguably, during May when you know, tends to be the big block, <coughs> excuse me, blockbuster season. So, yeah, uh. What else can we say about this? Disappointing. I guess you gotta wait a little bit longer for Marvel movies, but I guess they're they're better than Thor: Love and Thunder, all for the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean the delays keep on. I mean you you heard how like Blade wasn't going well. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's not surprising. I mean DC got delayed too. It seems like everyone's kind of restructuring a little bit. Yeah. So, I guess, uh, yeah, I just got to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, some of these make sense. Like, Fantastic Four lost its director, um, and then they got a new one, and then Blade also lost its director. Deadpool, I'm not too sure why, but, yeah, it's maybe just shifting things around a little bit. 
But yeah. All right, so you got to wait a little bit more longer for Marvel movies. But you know what you might not have to wait too much longer for is Spider-Man 4. Uh, that is rumored to be swinging into theaters July 12th, 2024. Uh, so that would make it like two and a half years. No. Yeah, maybe. Since uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So, yeah. Adds up. I think most of these Spider-Man movies usually are like two years apart. So this one's a little bit longer, but maybe they're, maybe they got something cooking. You know, maybe they got something really exciting for Spider-Man. Although I would really love if it was just like, him just being Spider-Man and just like rescuing kids balloons or something like that. Nothing really that exciting. Although I doubt Marvel would do that, but yeah. You all excited for a Spider-Man 4? Um. Yes. Oh, go ahead, Kate. I'm like, I don't, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> What they put Benedict in Spider-Man 4? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, this next one, I mean, unless Marvel recons, retcons, uh, no one knows who Spider-Man is now, so um, that's going to make it interesting. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, I'll go see it. Obviously, no way, no way home was super fun, and like they're not going to be able to top that. So it's it's going to be a letdown, enthusiasm-wise. But like, as long as they're doing something useful with it and not just pumping out another one, I'm in. Yeah. I would really love if they had Daredevil because he's been popping up in a lot of stuff lately. Bring him in, and then do like Spider-Man and Daredevil versus Kingpin. I think that would be really cool. I don't know why I really want that, but I just think that'd be cool. I'm into it. I would. I mean, I like the devil. Put him in wherever you can. Yep. Yeah, have him hook it up with She-Hulk, and then he goes and swings around with Spider-Man. I'm there for it. All right. There's a hot rumor that Sasha Baron Cohen, who probably most people know, is for playing Borat. Uh, he is rumored to be playing Mephisto in Ironheart. So I guess the the rumor says that Mephisto is going to be behind. Uh, the Hood, which is Anthony Ramos's character in that show, and then it's going to be kind of like a late reveal, like, ah, it's Mephisto behind it all along, and I'm just thinking, but we all remember when the same thing was rumored for WandaVision, that ended up not happening, so, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little skeptical. <laughs> I mean, it's from Baron Cohen, good actor, so yeah. I, can see him, I can see him playing the devil. Sure, why not? Um... Yeah, I, I was never familiar with Mephisto before, so, you know, I could take it or leave it. I would like to see these Kit Harrington payoff from his uh, cutscene and Harry Styles payoff from his cutscene and Charlize Theron payoff from her cutscene and uh, Brett Goldstein um, yeah, payoff for his cut. That's what I would like to do. Like, give me rumors about because none of it, none of that has mattered at all. So give me rumors of uh, that making any in, uh, meaning anything. That's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I just now realized that we have both Harry Styles and uh, Florence Pugh in the MCU, and they were both in that really terrible movie that I tried to forget about. But there you go. Um, what I in this one is the God of Love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, that is true though. Like they introduce all these characters, and it's like, yeah, when when are we gonna get them? And, like, I don't know, are they even going to remember they brought in Charlize Theron to the MCU, or are they just going to forget? Someone's going to go up to Kevin Feige and be like, did you remember we brought in, like, Charlize Theron? He's like, oh, shit, did we? And they're like, yeah, we did. All right. Uh, Nova will reportedly be a Marvel Studios special presentation akin to where by night. So, yeah, basically not a, not a full-blown theatrical movie, but also not a series, just kind of like a little bit of a shorter movie. Um, yeah. I guess I'm totally fine with that. Most of the Nova story was kind of told already throughout uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, so I don't think you really need to do too much backstory for the Nova Corps. But, you know, uh, I remember they were, like, decimated by Thanos during one of those Avengers movies, so take from there and show how he becomes the, the lonely space cop or whatever. 
anybody here excited for Nova? Nah, Adam Warlock. That's what I care about. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm like, I just want Adam Warlock. much about it. Fair. Fair. Yeah, like, basically, Nova, he is, like, the last member of the Nova Corps, and so he's kind of, he's like a little bit of a space cop. He just goes around protecting people, being a hero, but he's gotten all these powers from the Nova Corps, so. I don't, personally, I don't find it that exciting to have a hero, to be honest with you, but people have been wanting him for a long time, so. We'll get it eventually, I guess. Uh, Harrison Ford once again reportedly said to join the Thunderbolts and Captain America the New World Order as Thaddeus Ross taking over for the other, uh, William Hurt, that was his name, who uh, unfortunately passed away. Um, yeah, this was reported already, <clears throat> and then a few other websites and whatnot have kind of reiterated that they've heard it as well. So. I don't know, not to say it's 100% confirmed or anything, but we're getting more people saying, hey, yeah, I've heard this is true too. So uh, I, I would still tell people, hold off on treatments like it's for sure confirmed. But I don't know. I, I guess it makes sense in my eyes that they would recast just because Thunderbolts and I'm sure Captain America, New World Order too, use that character pretty prominently. I mean, Thunderbolts for sure. I mean, it's actually named after him. So um, <clears throat> I can't see why they would just, like, go the route of, like, Black Panther and just not recast. Like, in this case, I feel like you kind of have to. Otherwise, those movies and those stories don't quite work. So, yeah. Oh, what does everyone think? Harrison Ford is Thunderbolt Ross. Would you be okay with that? I, um... Whatever. But I don't think Thunderbolt's going to be good. Uh, so, but cast, uh, re replace whoever you want. I don't care if they replace everyone that's supposed to be in that movie except for Sebastian Stan. Um, well, actually, no. I like I like David, what's his name, from Stranger Things. But everyone else can be re re replaced, and that includes Florence. Not that I don't think she's good. I just don't care about the character. So, uh, just, you know, as long as it gets released, I'm, I'm looking for things to stop being moved around. Yeah. And then finally, Black Adam starred Dwayne The Rock Johnson, playing his previous Warner Brothers regime for holding up Henry Cavill's Superman Return. I, don't know. I honestly can't. I've lost track of who to blame for. <laughs> so Henry Cavill's not Superman anymore. So I've heard that it's Henry Cavill's fault that he never really got back to Warner Brothers. Never really, you know, showed much interest. I've also heard it's Warner Brothers, and I'm like, I don't know who to blame. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is Warner Brothers. Maybe it their fault this entire time. But rumors are that we're going to be getting him back as Superman in Black Adam. Still wait to see if that's true or not, because I haven't seen the movie yet, but that's this is the rumor. It was a good Superman. Yeah. I my, my potentially hot take on that is that I just don't think we really had enough time with him to really, like, make him a good Superman. Um... Like, I don't know, I was not a big fan of Batman versus Superman, and I think, like, he wasn't in a good part of that Justice League movie, and then by the time he did come in, like, it was fine, it was good stuff, but I feel like I just need, like, a good solo movie with him, like, just one good Man of Steel movie that's just him and nobody else, and just, like, focus on telling a really good Superman story. I think that would make him bump him up in my eyes, and just need one good solo Superman movie. Maybe we can finally get that. We'll see. Yeah, I, I admit it. All, all I see online is like Man of Steel 2. <laughs> yeah. Announce it. Yeah, just make it happen. Like, uh, I, you know, as much as I like that they're setting up potentially at least uh, Black Adam versus Superman, that's uh, that's cool. I, I, I'll go watch that, but that still doesn't give me what I want. I like what I want is just Henry Cavill doing, like, a really good Superman story. Like, I don't know, maybe bring in Brainiac. I don't think they can do Lex Luthor at this time because they fucked up Lex Luthor. But, uh, I don't know, like, just do, like, a movie focus on Superman and, like, tell more of him and Lois' story. We, I didn't see Lois in, like, the last few movies. I don't even know where she's at, what she does anymore. But, yeah, you know, that, that, that's 
my thoughts on it. Let's give him a good just movie on his own. I agree. wholeheartedly. Alright. Well, that's it for news. There wasn't a whole lot, but we, we went through it. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and review some some interesting things. Some good, some bad, definitely some not so good. We're, talking, we're, we're looking at you, Halloween ends. Alright, back in a sec. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. Okay, we're back. We've got quite a bit to review. And I was going to say not a whole lot of time, but since we got through the news, we've got some time to talk about these. But, uh, yeah, um, I think we're going to do our monthly movie commentaries. We still have to do one for October, but we'll figure one out. Probably we'll just be Adam and I, but we'll watch something fun. Maybe something spooky. Okay, uh, let's get to reviewing Halloween Ends, which is the big release this week, arguably the worst release of this week. Um, yeah, Spark, you said you watched, like, a little bit of it. You didn't watch the whole thing, right? Yeah, 30 minutes. I, I'm looking at the thing right now. 29 seconds. 29 minutes and 4 seconds, actually. Okay. And based on that very, uh, limited but, uh, but potent, uh, amount of time of that movie, what did you think of Halloween Ends? Uh, so I, it, they, they've got this new love thing, and the, there's... There's a death early on that I thought that actually I was pleased with. It was surprising. And like, I like saw it and was like, oh my gosh, because you think, of course, because it's this movie, something's going to happen. And then they give you a little bit of a twist, which I liked. Yeah. Um, I, 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 you know, it's, it's, I genuinely surprised. I do like that Jamie, uh, Laurel, Lori, Lori is a human in this one so far. And I like that her in this uh, sheriff or maybe about to smash. I, I, I know that things are going to turn, but um, I, I've heard pretty scathing reviews of this movie, and i got to say the first 30 minutes outside of the high schoolers, because a lot of it, it did this, you know, it, it, it was a good movie, but they, they just have these like truly unkind characters seemingly for no reason. Um, and all it, it just advances the story in, in a way that they need to, but I just wish these horror films just give me like 30 seconds of justification, right? So instead of him being a, a big wimp and just being like, no, maybe have him say no and then be like, get out of my face or maybe push them first so that like there's an escalation or like... Anyway, uh, that's my review. 30 minutes so far and I've enjoyed watching this movie, but I, I have no doubt that things to go downhill. <laughs> um, yeah, at least in my opinion, it, got, it goes downhill, I mean... Uh, I don't know if it was brave or just incredibly moronic of them to tout this as, like, the final showdown between Lori and Michael. And instead, they pivot and they focus on this new character, Corey, who, I mean, in defense of Corey as a character, they did, at least in the opening scene, set up, you know, his major kind of trauma and, like, you know, why he is the way he is in this movie. Um, and I think that worked relatively well, at least in the beginning. Uh, and I'm also not too unfamiliar with this idea that, you know, sometimes these movies feature deviations from what you would expect from a story like this. Like Halloween 4 introduced Jamie. It was this little girl who was like the niece of Michael Myers. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is kind of a weirdly bizarre sequel to the Rob Zombie original movie. It's actually like, quite good. It's very underrated in my opinion, but... Uh, even Halloween 3 doesn't feature any of those characters, so it's like, I'm fine with them telling different stories, but I think what kind of irked me is like, this was supposed to be the final Halloween uh, movie, I, you know, jokes on them, because half the time, these movies never really end. Um, and the thing with Corey is like, he is very unlikable, I felt like, and also too, they don't really give his story a ton of time to breathe. I thought it would have been more interesting if in that Halloween 2018 movie, 
uh, they kind of started introducing his character because it just seems like a very odd choice to like introduce him in the third movie and then just like rush his story along when like they knew they wanted to do this with the third movie why did they not introduce him in the first movie in this new trilogy and just kind of like show his story a little bit more kind of organically than just like rushing it all at the end there um but uh, there was like a few choices in this movie like they kind of do choose to gloss over certain story points from the first two movies um and like there's just some bizarre scenes too like in terms of like michael's appearance like his first appearance in this movie is just very bizarre didn't really do much for me um yeah i think the final like 30-ish minutes of this movie is kind of where it gets to be the most exciting um there's a really cool kill sequence in a scrapyard and then there's also the finale which i thought was quite good interestingly enough all that stuff at the end was relatively recently reshot so there was a different ending to this movie but they i think they watched this movie and they were like uh i don't think we can do this this movie is like just on a downward trajectory and we need to save it from its downward spiral um so yeah the ending is good but i think it's probably because they saw what was going to happen with the rest of the movie they were like Ooh. um it works i think ultimately in terms of like telling the story of Lori in this movie um yeah i think if anything this movie is a failure for me but i think it's a failure in that they try to make this movie an anthology movie but it's the third movie in a trilogy it's not the time to start telling another storyline if you want to go and make a halloween movie that doesn't have michael doesn't have laurie and focuses on this new character Corey, that's that's fine i'd be totally down for that but make that its own movie don't make that Halloween ends the third movie in this franchise where you should be focusing on these two characters that you're touting and not this other character Corey. So yeah, I think it was a misfire. Uh, I'm giving it a four out of ten. Um, now I do, I do think this franchise will continue despite being called Halloween ends. I do wonder if Michael will uh, show up again. I kind of doubt it, but there is. There, there's speculation, I guess, after you watch the end of this movie that they could do something with it, but that's a discussion for another day. All right. Uh, and then next up is Rosalind, uh, which is the new kind of... It's like a take on the Romeo and Juliet story, but it's told from the perspective of Romeo's ex-girlfriend, Rosalind. And so this movie kind of, it's funny because it features the lead actress from Booksmart and it, to me at least, very much felt like Booksmart. Like it was very kind of clever, uh, kind of like socially conscious. It, it just, it seemed like somebody watched Booksmart and went, we can apply this to Romeo and Juliet's story. And, and I think it, actually, it worked quite well, actually. Um, yeah, it was very funny and clever. Uh, and the lead actress, she's great. She was the lead actress in Booksmart too. Um, uh, Caitlin Dever, I believe her name is. Um, yeah, it's really good, really entertaining. Uh, it goes in places I did not expect, so I was very surprised by that. I think even if you think you know the Romeo and Juliet storyline, there's some ways that they kind of subterfuge your expectations. I give this an eight out of 10, it was quite good. Um, and that's on Disney Plus, so you can check that out. All right. Okay, you ready to talk Love's Blind Season 3? Episodes 1 through 4 only. Sure. Unfortunately, we can't talk more than that, even though we have seen more than that, but we just were limited in how much we can talk about, I guess, to some degree. But what do you think of the third season of Love is Blind so far? Even more insane <laughs> than the previous contestants. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like. I can't find myself liking any of these people. Um, it's weird because usually in previous seasons, I would be able to find like one person where I'm like, <clears throat> I'm rooting for you. Like, even if it doesn't work out, I'm rooting for you, whatever. But in this season, I'm like, you guys can all afford to work on yourselves first. <laughs> um, and 
there was this one couple, which I think is not, like, compatible, I feel. <clears throat> but I'm not in a relationship, so. Um, yeah, the show definitely, like, season two, the, the contestants all felt like real people. And in this, they all feel like caricatures, like, just, like, something, 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 people. <laughs> Excuse me. I was very surprised because I was, I'm, I was very excited for this because I'm a, I was, ended up being a big fan of Love is Blind season two. And I was very excited to see where they would take, um, season three. And, uh, I think it's not as consistently engaging for me as Love is Blind season, um, too. But I do think that when you uh, see how crazy some of these people are, kind of, in some ways, makes it more engaging. Arguably questionable. Um, yeah. Some of the, I, I agree that some of the couples just seem very mismatched. Um, there's one in particular, I don't want to, I, I won't spoil who he matches with, but at least half of that relationship is this, this person, Cole, who seems like an overgrown man-child, and I'm just like, I, I can't, like, I can't do it with you. He's, just, uh, he's the one person in this new season that just annoys me the most, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't know, I'm sorry. I, I can't, I can't, uh, any scene that he's in, it's just like, it's just watching, like, a six-year-old interact with a bunch of adults, and it just annoys me so much, and I, I, I don't want to say who he gets paired with, but he gets paired with someone who reasonably acts like a mature adult, and it's just like, what do you see in this guy? Like, honestly, I, I have so many questions about this. But. He's that bad. I don't know. He's, 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 he's just like, like yeah, it, like, it, it just seems like he's very much, I don't know, I want to say not very mature. And, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to watch him, that's for sure. But <laughs> that's probably yeah. about it. Um... Yeah, and then uh, there's there's a bunch of other stuff too. Like, I did feel like some there there is one couple that I'm rooting for. Again, I don't want to spoil who they like get with because that's probably a pretty big spoiler. But like Bartiste, uh, you know him and his partner that he gets with, I I thought was very interesting. You're rooting for them? I am. Yeah, I thought they were very. I I was very like wow. They got their issues just like anybody on the show, but I was I was very much behind them, hundred percent. So I mean, I feel like they're they're the ones that like actively acknowledge and try to solve their problems. So yeah, like I'm, and you know, they they they've run into some issues, but I also feel like they're the ones that are, um, the ones that I I feel like are the most realistic of of any couple, like. I actually can see them working together as a couple, even though they have issues. Um, but then there's, uh, I'm only going to say like one half of the couple, because I don't want to spoil who they go with, but like, there is uh, Raven and who she gets with, and I was like, this seems like a very odd mismatch. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just was like, okay, that's very jarring to see, because it's just like, I don't know. It just seemed like. I didn't see where the connection was on that one, but I was just very surprised. I was like, oh, okay. But, I feel like they'll work out, though. I don't know. Yeah. They, they seem to be working, making things, making some strides. So that is one couple that seems to at least be taking things in a semi-realistic direction. But, yeah. Overall, though, I, I, yeah, I feel like this, this season has potential to be more meme-worthy than previous seasons. Like... I, it's unfortunate that we get to watch it a little bit in advance because I'm really missing out on the memes. And I just want to like go online and see what people are making memes of after the show comes out. That's my main thing I want to see. That's it's out. It's like, what, what people, what jokes are people going to come out with? Because like, I remember when like the second season came out and people were like making memes about like Shane's teeth. And arguably it was. It, there were some pretty funny memes. But I'm, I'm curious like where the memes are going to come out of this season. Uh, I need to see. Yeah, but we'll talk about some more uh, next week because I think uh, the embargo lifts for the next set of episodes next week. But so far, like, let's say, like, your tentative score for this so far, what would you give it a score of? 
And we're back. Let's recap some shows because most of these are ending except for House of the Dragon, which has, I think, two more episodes left. But She-Hulk's done. Uh, <laughs> I logged in the morning of She-Hulk coming out and I hadn't seen the episode. And I just saw so many people being irate and pissed off. And I'm like, I got to close Twitter. I just have to watch this. And I watched it and I was like, you know what? I can kind of see why people were pretty upset. Um, but, yeah. And both of you uh, had a chance to watch She-Hulk as well. Yes. Yes. The way Katie you said that was very like, just like I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <clears throat> yes. What, Katie? Like, why don't you start us off? What did you think of the finale to She-Hulk? I kind of hated it. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. I kind of hated it. I 
even words to describe. Ugh. He, it's just... <clears throat> underwhelming. Yeah. Is one word that comes to mind. Yeah. It, what did you think of, like, the whole kind of, like, meta twist at the end there with her escaping the Disney Plus uh, screen to go find Kevin Feige, who's now a robot? I don't about. like that they keep, like, making everything so, like, breaking the fourth wall. Hmm. And also, like, her negotiating her ending was kind of weird. Yeah. I've seen some people online say, like, what does this mean for her power levels? Does this mean that, like, in Secret Wars, she can just go and, like, break through the fourth wall and negotiate with the villain or Marvel Studios? Like, it's just, yeah, it's very jarring from a power level sense of, like, look at it. Like, what is this char- character actually capable of if she can just, yeah, go and rewrite her whole story? So, I like, understand <clears throat> that the whole time she has been breaking the fourth wall, like, sometimes she addresses the audience. But, like, this whole sequence of her breaking into Marvel and then, like, arguing about how her ending should be. I, I understand where they're coming from. It's like, oh, my God, this lawyer is going to make her case about her ending. But, like, I am not into it. I don't like how they executed it. And I think it's not the move. Mm-hmm. I think, at least in my opinion, the the part of it that made it the um, the more disappointing thing for me was just that like I think Marvel, when it's good, is a good balance of like humor and action. And we got to the point where there was going to be like some payoff and some storylines and some action. Like, okay, great. And if you want to sprinkle off some humor, that's cool too. But then it stopped all of that to just go heavily into this humor that, again, I agree with you. It, I don't think the execution on it worked as well as it could have. Um, and, you know, we were going to get a fight between Blonsky and Hulk. We were going to get a payoff on who the uh, Hulk King is. And that was pretty disappointing. I mean, it was pretty much the, the, the loser dude that we all kind of assumed it was. And it was like, it just felt very just disappointing in terms of, like, this is your grand payoff. This is why I've been sticking with the show for weeks on end. This is what you end up being the payoff of. Like, uh, <laughs> it was just disappointing on so many levels. But Spark, what did you think of this? You, you've seen it as well. Yeah, I was. Uh, you all make good good points. Um, I never considered the power level thing. That like, if if a character can stop a movie and be like, I don't like how this is going. Like that's. You know, <laughs> then yeah. nothing is, uh, and like, and you've given us no proof that she wouldn't just keep doing that. Um, like she's losing a fight, and then they just have the character removed. But yeah, it's 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 uh, it's. She all kind of feels like I've said this before. It sort of feels like it was written by people that don't like Marvel. Um, like it, they they took or at least Marvel's fan base, I should say. That's it's written. It's it's giving as the kids say the last matrix where like it feels like the, the makers of this have a significant disdain for the fan base it's being its predecessors were made for mm-hmm. and uh, I understand right like fan bases can be toxic there are things you don't like but like you're you're here because we're here right like you're you're yeah Marvel doesn't keep going. If it hasn't experienced its early success, and it does kind of feel like, thanks for your money and attention, now get out of the way. We don't want you here anymore. Uh, which, of course, is why people are upset, because they're like, this is ours. You know, <laughs> like, you, both, you can't be like, hey, you guys suck now. Um, yeah, big, uh, I was, the, the very first episode, of She-Hulk, I expressed concerns, and a lot of those were con- confirmed. Um, I certainly wouldn't watch the second season of this show if, if they ever got one. Um, but I've, I, it's given me pause on like all of Marvel, right? Like I, I don't, I don't know that I'll. I have to see what show ends up being the next show. 
because I know things are getting moved around, but I might skip it and kind of see what people say first. Um, Because I can't trust them anymore. (laughs) Fair. I think it's just like phase four of Marvel has just been so inconsistent. And like, again, I feel like they are just leaning too hard into the different aspects of things that people just don't want. Like, I'm fine with humor, but you have to balance it with other stuff. And like, even Thor Love and Thunder had the same problem where it was too much humor and not enough, you know, emphasis on the story. And it's like, you forget why people watch these movies and shows. It's not because it's necessarily the funniest thing, because I'm telling you right now, there's funnier shows out there than She-Hulk. It's because it balances everything and at least makes it a very entertaining overall package. And they haven't been doing that lately. It's just it's very disappointing. It's like you know they can balance those things well and package these shows and movies in a way where everything can have a good payoff, but they're just not quite doing it. It's not quite sticking the landing as it otherwise would. So Yeah. I guess too, like I guess Hulk's got a son now. That was very anticlimactic. Like considering that uh, you know, World War Hulk is a big story and everything and like ties into all of that, and then they just have him show up at the end with a son, he's like, I've got a son. It's like, okay. No real kind of lead-in for that. No real, like, here's some background on that. Just here's my son. And, you know, part of me thinks, oh, maybe in some other show or movie they're going to explain how he got a son. But also, based on everything I've seen so far, I kind of doubt they will. I think they're just going to be like, here's here's my son. And uh, you all just got to kind of keep up with the pace, I guess. But that was very jarring, too. Um, I didn't mind that as much. Sure, it was kind of like, okay. But I had much bigger fish to fry uh, <laughs> than that. Uh, so, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. They, I know they, they, they had to do something, right? But, like, we've, we've given you nothing around. Like, none of this is going to matter at all going forward. Uh, because no no characters are like building points. I mean, unless this Kevin that Kevin they felt like a a, a bit. I don't I don't, think, I don't think they're gonna do anything further with that. But no. So at the very end, they're like, here's something. Look forward to that. Because otherwise, it would literally be like, oh, so this 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 kind of happened in its own universe with with no real implication. I wonder if like Kevin Feige's just losing his mind slowly, because like in with that whole Kevin robot thing, it's like. When are the X-Men coming? It just seemed very, like, just somebody probably just frustrated with people asking him these things all the time. And just him maybe being at a breaking point. I don't know. It just felt like that a little bit. But, yeah, just very strange all around. Very, very odd. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time to rate this both. Well, we'll rate the episode and the show as a whole. Um, yeah. What do, you, what do you think you're both? show or for episode and show overall let's start with you spark uh episode i'll go to show i'll go i truly just love that the main actress and it would be lower i'll go four and a half okay what about you katie episode i go four Show overall, five. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking probably for me, the show is, well, the episode itself is probably like a three out of ten for me. And then the show itself, probably closer to like a five. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I think it's way too inconsistent for what it needed to be, unfortunately. A little bit of a misfire over Marvel, but hey, at least she hulks a character now. Bring her into Avengers, although, again, I'm seriously considering, like, what is going to be her powers? Like, if she can just go in Avengers Secret Wars and be like, I'm rewriting this so Doctor Doom has no powers. Like, what like what the fuck ramifications for the MCU is that? But I doubt Marvel's even probably thought about that, to be honest. So, Okay. Um, let's talk about House of the Dragon. Uh, Spark, have you, did you get a chance to catch that? Yes. Alright, well, much better show than She-Hulk, arguably. Uh, what did you think of the most recent episode? 
I liked it. Like, you know, does it, you know, the, the very similar to the uh, court scene in a previous episode when he asked the whole family to dinner. I was like, uh, let's let's hurry up and get to that, right? <laughs> because yeah. I'm ready for uh, not so obvious and obvious barbs to be thrown. Um, and the uh, the wife's I don't remember his his name, but the the older son of the queen. I'm really digging his look with the eye patch and the long hair and the nose, kind of like a falcon. I just he looks like a villain. Like he's such like golly. Uh, but that scene was fantastic. They set it up and they delivered. It gave me a little bit of hope. You know the kids are gone. They've been raised to hate each other. They're never not going to. But I do think if the mothers can continuously show like love for each other, I, I do think there's uh, a three to five percent chance things turn around. Um, but. I know realistically these are like, you know, you, you, you raise them as enemies, you raise them to fear for their life with them. So what do you expect now that they're adults? Um, but yeah, we got to, we, we got to see Aegon and, and Eris and, you know, these people that we know a little bit later are going to be making moves, right? <laughs> it is kind of unfortunate that you saw that you, I would, because of Game of Thrones, you kind of already know where things are going to head, but that doesn't mean the journey won't be fun. I loved loved the episode. Yeah. yeah. Have you read the books at all, or were you coming no. blind? Okay. Yeah. See, I'm a little bit different in that. Like, I've read the books, and it's really interesting. It's like watching, like, a match get slowly closer to a power cake. Like, you know it's going to go off, and you just know things are going to go down, but you're also like, all right, we're getting there eventually. Uh, and this episode, like, I think is, like, the closest we've gotten to that powder cake because... Obviously, I think even without getting into the book spoilers, like, you can just tell there's a whole bunch of, like, just, yeah, resentment and a lot of anger within the family. And even though he tried so hard to get his family to kind of come together, like, he just made things worse. And uh, I think he even kind of realized that uh, when he was, you know, basically with his dying breath, he's like, shit, I've kind of fucked up. Like, I've set up basically what's going to happen next. Um, yeah, this episode is, uh, I think, very important in the sense of the grand story because it kind of shows, again, that like going into the death of uh, the king there that we're just sort of, we're seeing where things are at. And it's obviously not in a good place. Uh, Rhaenyra and Alicent, yes, that's her name. Uh, like, they, they used to be friends, but now they're on each other's throats. And even though... At the end of the episode, you get the impression that they're maybe putting some things aside uh, in terms of their hatred for each other. It, you know, it's only going to last as long as it lasts, and I don't think it's going to last that long. But, um, yeah, really good episode. I, yeah, I agree. Like, I even think, like, it's it's a good show when you, like, even the kids, well, quote-unquote kids, the one with the eye patch, he's almost like a full-blown adult. But I think yeah. they kind of play him as a teenager. But even that, like, he's... He's great, like that scene where he's kind of delivering that very kind of like meaningful uh, speech, even though he's kind of trying, like trying to play it off as being very kind. Like, no, like every bit of subtext underneath that is just like, yeah, he's he's digging in deep to his uh, cousins there. Um, yeah, I I like the episode, and I think again, it's just sort of leading to what's gonna happen next, and. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. I I think, uh, you know, there's still quite a bit of good storyline ahead, even though, it's, uh, like, basically we're losing the king. Um, it's interesting because I watched the episode with subtitles, uh, just because sometimes things get a little loud and I can't hear something. So I like just having subtitles on just in case I miss something. And uh, it was interesting because with subtitles, um, it had, uh, as the episode went to black, it just said, breathing stops. And I was like, oh, I don't read that. But I thought it was interesting afterwards. They were like confirming that the king had died, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, there definitely was the breathing ending thing." So I didn't have any doubt, but it's interesting in that regard. Um, cool. Uh, what would you give this episode a score of Spark? Um, I'll go nine. Um, I don't have any real complaints. Uh, 
I just, I just, I don't think it was perfect. Like there's, there, I don't know. I, but I, I feel bad saying that without having any real criticism. Sure. Um, I'll go nine and a half. Okay. Uh, I'll go with an eight. I, I don't think it's perfect either. Um, I think some of the scenes maybe went on a little too long. Probably felt a little drawn out. Um, not by much, but just a little bit. It just kind of felt like certain scenes could have been a little tighter. That was my only real complaint. But still some really good stuff. Okay. And then finally, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, finally ends at first its first season. And we finally get some very big reveals. Uh, we find out who the stranger is, more or less. It wasn't like a full-blown, you are so-and-so reveal, but uh, the line that the stranger uh, delivers is very much a line that another character from Lord of the Rings delivers. So people kind of made that connection and kind of said, oh, okay, this character is so-and-so. So I don't want to necessarily spoil it here, but yeah, it was very interesting. And then we find out who Sauron has been this whole time, which I think was less exciting of a reveal, just because... Uh, if you kind of follow along, the, the character that they ultimately revealed to be Sauron, almost everyone on the internet speculated was going to be the case, so it wasn't overly that surprising of a reveal. But yeah, the episode was being touted as, hey, all will be revealed, and you know what? They did reveal things, they did payoffs on storylines that they kind of had for the first season. Um, I, I will say that the show has been very slow to kind of set up everything, but once it did start setting things up, paying things off, it did get more interesting. I think I still am arguably on the fence on whether it was worth the full-time investment to get the payoff on that, but I still think it was a worthwhile show. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna where it's going to go in a second season, just because, I mean, now you've set up these characters and we kind of have to go from there, but for now at least, I don't know. I'm thinking I'll give the episode itself uh, an 8 out of 10 as well, and then for the series, I'll probably give it closer to a 7. Uh, I think it was just a little bit weak in its kind of lead up, but once it started to pay off on some storylines, things started to get a little bit more interesting. I think that that's when it got to be a lot better overall. So, um, yeah, if you are going to watch the show and you've never seen it, do keep in mind that, yeah, it's a bit of a slow start, but once it gets going, you're probably going to enjoy it quite a bit. So, cool, cool, cool. All right, uh, that's it for this episode. We did not have a movie called this week again, but uh, next week we're back. We're going to do Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Very in-the-season, spooky movie. And uh, we'll, we'll join you all next week and talk about that. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.